If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Horse welfare and safety are of utmost importance where humans have any interaction with horses. Within the courses at International Horse College, we only utilise methods that promote safe and humane ways of interaction between horses and humans. We only support safe methods of educating riders, handlers and trainers about horse welfare. Internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. Today we've got Catherine Schreiber again. Catherine's a regular guest with us and today she's going to be talking about 10 points for understanding horses. How are you today, Catherine? I'm doing well. Thank you, Glennis. How are you? Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Now, Catherine, this um, topic, understanding horses, you know, obviously you find that there's a need for it. Can you tell us a little bit about why you've chosen this topic to talk about or chat about today? Well, we had talked before on our last session about the circle of understanding and about um, being able to communicate with horses better, with more compassion, and that, you know, really comfort is the most important part of care. And we care for horses when we're uh, on the ground, riding them, feeding them. And so the understanding horses part is having the empathy to do the things that are right for them. Yes, yes, and I think that's right, is thinking about their needs. And often we can coordinate their needs with our needs, but it's about their needs, oh, yeah. not about our needs. Exactly, mm-hmm. because, you know, we can can communicate our needs to each other. Uh, we have to learn how to understand the horse communicating his needs to us. Yes. And because, yes, and because we're asking things of him, you know, to do for us, to fit into our world, the burden falls on our shoulders to be the ones that listen. Yes, yes, yep. Now, the first part, this is about understanding horses, is the ask. Tell us about the ask. Well, we need to connect with the horse as an individual mm-hmm. and approach him as a friend, as as you would approach a friend. Um, it's kind of like asking permission, um, getting consent for the things that we do, like a slight hesitation can be asking permission to approach or touch him. Mm-hmm. We want that consent, that participation, and we want the horse to be comfortable. It's as simple as uh, like making sure he's balanced before we mount. Okay, okay. Yeah, all those aspects take into consideration his feelings, his emotional state, the condition his body is in, um, what may have happened to him an hour earlier or a week ago. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes, yes. And is that where the listen comes in? The listen, yes. We ask the horse so that we are feeling his permission or feeling his connection. Mm -hmm. We listen because horses are constantly communicating with us. We need to hone our listening skills to honor their needs and the awareness. Uh, We see the world of horse people as being breakers, tamers, or communicators. The communicators are the listeners. 
those who work with actual wild horses use an entirely different skill set than those of us who raise foals off of mares who grew up with humans, and those are acclimated to the ways of people. There's a place for both methods of schooling, and sometimes they overlap, the people who work with wild horses, those of us who work with the ones we raise. But uh, the thing that horses are often asking us we need to listen to is, did you really mean that? Someone applies their aids when they're riding and the horse doesn't immediately respond. We need to be aware of, they may be saying, pardon me, what? What was that? How did you mean that? We need to be really clear. And to be clear, we have to hear them. Yes, yes, yes. And we don't always have to listen with our ears, do we? Oh, amen. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Yep, yep. All right. Now, the next one, direct. To direct the horse, um, it's using the clarity and consistency that are the keys to communication with the horse. We've got to be clear and consistent with them, or we just sort of make them wonky. They're not fond of surprises. Uh, Horses are put at ease with routine and patterns, kindness and lack of aggression. A Dharma horse, we believe in energy without aggression. And for us, chasing horses is an aggressive act. And chasing is like that first block in the foundation of flooding, which produces a zombie-like horse. It's uh, akin, akin, yeah, to the methods of torture used on humans. Flooding may make a horse tractable, a horse to ride and do things because he's afraid to make a wrong move. Mm -hmm. So to direct him is to show him what we want, and then support him. That's the next one. Um, To support the horse is to tell the horse when he does the things you want him to do. Set him up for success. Yep, yep. Yep. So often people tell a horse when he's wrong, and, and they say nothing when he's correct. They don't give him the feedback he needs to know that he was pleasing us. Things get difficult for him. Mm, mm. Uh, we, yeah, we, we need to go back to a slower gait, jump a lower fence, use milder equipment. Change, change is hard on horses. So we need to start every session with familiar work and end every session with easy things, things that they know, so that we give them uh, confidence in themselves mm-hmm. yes. as we as we start start out. Yeah, and then we may challenge them a little bit, and then we come back with the, the easy things that give us the chance to reward them greatly. The more we can reward, the more they want to please us. Okay, yeah. So that whole ask, listen, direct, support, it's like that all comes together, doesn't it? It does. It's this whole circle of understanding. Mm-hmm. And it's a part of everything that we do when we're working with a horse, be it a horse that was abused, a yep. horse that has never seen a human being, or some. we have a sweet old retired eventer. Uh, he knows everything. He knows more than I do. Um, but we come to him with that same circle of understanding so that we don't uh, just by rote think he's going to do read our minds and do what we want. We give him direction and we support him in the things he needs to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, what about the residual awareness? Oh, that's such an interesting thing. We're finding all through these decades with the horses that they are aware of, they can feel emotions and energy that are left behind, like in pins and stalls, your paddocks, trailers and arenas. And to be aware of that fact, it can help us when we're bringing a horse to a 
say a horse trailer where a horse was frightened inside of it, mm-hmm. or horses had an accident in that trailer, or someone has been chasing a horse around a round pin, what is left behind is actually an energy they can perceive. And that comes from their innate ability to protect themselves, to defend themselves, like in the wild. And even a horse that grew up with humans and never been feral in his life, he still has that down inside, you know, genetically. So if he comes up on a situation where there's a a residue of panic or fear or pain, as he feels that, what we want is for him, because we ask, listen, direct, and support, that he comes to that and he looks to us. And we can bring the confidence to him, reassure him, bring him in, and then hopefully transmute the energy that's in there by bringing his calmness, his confidence, his uh, trust back to the, the round pin or the trailer or wherever something happened. We just sort of erase that. Okay. Yep. 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 Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot-off-the-press notification. That is, that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available, and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now, and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page, and click on the 101 Careers in the Horse Industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. Now, the well of experiences that the horses had, yeah. (laughs) This is our our kind of favorite thing to use with the volunteers and students and people that are here mm-hmm. because it makes a good visual. We think of all experiences are like drops of water in a well. Okay. And yeah. we're the ones creating that mm-hmm. most of the time. Mm-hmm. If the horse's well is full of negative experience over and over and all drops of negative, each new experience will have him expecting something negative. Mm. That's what he knows. Yep. The same, same is for positive. If he's had lots and lots of positive experiences, like positive drops of water in that well, then something comes up new. Rather than being apprehensive, he's looking forward to it because he has this you know, past experience of, of positive things. We need to fill that well all the time with positive. Uh, that can flow in like pouring cream in the coffee, mm-hmm. and eventually uh, it will take out all of the negative ones. They're washed away by the yes. positive that we add. And, you know, there's reciprocal healing with horses, and this is kind of a part of that. Um, when we tend to them, we take care of a wound, we work on a leg that's lame, they have anxiety or something, we find ourselves healed as well. We're healed of the tension, frustration, and thing, things of that ilk because the horse is adding positive experiences into our well. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I'm just saying because we're talking now about understanding horses. How does the stretching the body and the flexibility come into that? This is a, so important. Um, in In – free work and when we're riding the horse should be encouraged to stretch Mm -hmm. he stretches his back he stretches his neck 
We can stretch his legs passively when we're, you know, on the ground and ask him to bend his neck passively to each side, like with carrot stretches. Um, in riding, the stretching is more important than collection. It is the warm-up, the way we relax the horse for the dance. Mm-hmm. And without relaxation, collection becomes compression. If we think of turning, uh, when we're turning a horse, we stretch the outside of the horse's body instead of contracting the inside. Yes. That's when we get, we get the flow and the balance, and we don't get that, that compression. Yes, yes, okay. Yeah. What about um, stretching the mind, the, you know, the resiliency? Yeah, uh, resiliency is so, so special for us and for them by mm. giving, give the horse varying confidence-building experiences yep. that are, are po- they've got to be positive in nature, and we create the trust in his handler. We make the horse look to us for direction and courage. He learns to trust us that we're not going to put him in a, a compromising position where he could be harmed. Yep. And so yep. that, that builds that resiliency. I was a, a part of a study that was done for the UK through our university here. Uh, I worked with equine-assisted psychotherapy. Uh, my four horses and I ran a program. And the woman that did the study, what she proved was that horses build resiliency in the children and the battered women that we had worked with. And I think that we owe them the same respect to help build resiliency in them, which is is based on trust, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, And the results of that study, you know, about horses building resiliency doesn't surprise me at all. You know, I mean, we know. It's funny because horse people know. You know, people that have been associated, used horses for, for healing, not just for themselves but for others and, and those that have been associated with any, any with horses for any length of time know that and understand it. But it's nice that science can come along and prove it. Yeah, but they didn't yeah. need to prove it to us. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. yes. Okay, now the next one. You know, you talked before about, a horse, you know, did you really mean that? But but the next point you've got about is about touching with intention. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I probably should say touch with good intention because I guess yes. in reality, yes. yeah, <laughs> there's there are people who touch with not good intention. But yep. but what we mean by that, and we try to really um, hone in on this for our or the people that we work with, is that horses do not like to be slapped. They don't like to be startled or pounded upon just because they're big doesn't mean that um, we have to make this huge impression and and try to be um, forceful in any way. They can feel the fly land on them. They can feel, you know, uh, hair out of place and they'll, you know, wiggle their skin. Horses are very sensitive. Uh, We need to breathe in intention and breathe out manifestation when we're with them. Uh, the whole act of riding means we're we're touching a whole lot of their body with ours. Yep. And this, yeah, this needs to have calm, clear intention for the horse to comprehend our desires. We're giving them a whole lot of information, and and we want it to be really positive and edifying, and not scare them because they don't deserve it. Yep. 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 Okay. Now. I think you've talked before about roots and branches riding in alignment. Yes. Yeah. Mm. 
Mm. Well, and it, it's a, a concept, a way of thinking how just like roots and branches of a tree connect. Mm -hmm. And it, it's so often difficult to tell them apart just by their looks. You know, if you have something lying on the ground, I'll think an old dried up root is a branch. You know, they're, yep. they, they connect. We need to combine our energy with the horse's energy. We can call it intent, uh, attention, awareness. They're all energies. Uh, we make it hard to tell where we end and the horse begins. And, you know, when we get on, we ride a horse, we sit um, within the horse's energy field and his energy field envelopes ours. So we do sort of become one. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. The equipment we use on the horse will dull his perception of our pure intent, our pure communication. So the more severe the equipment, the more distracting it is to the horse. Um, I've taught clinics uh, where the only thing I did to fix behavior problem with a horse was to loosen the throat latch yep. on the bridle yep. so, so he could breathe. Yeah. And we often, we just keep, we return to the simplicity of the walk, always return to the simplicity of the walk to bring the, the balance and that um, connection back to us. It's, it's really logical, um, you know, in the, in the great concept of it, to keep the horse, he has his comfort zone, his safe zone, his flight zone, thinking of bringing everything together so that none of us get upset. Mm. But in, in the application, I think that humans lose sight of what the horse needs from us. All they're thinking about is what they want from that horse. Yes, yes, and I think that was, you know, something that you said. First of all, you know, we've got to mm. think about what the horse needs, not necessarily what we need. And if we think about their needs first, then we can still get our needs met. Exactly, mm. exactly. Mm. They are benevolent beings. <laughs> they, never come, they never come to us with aggression. Yes. If, yeah. if, someone, if something happens and someone gets hurt, it's usually because the horse is defending himself from something perceived mm. as mm. A, a danger or something frightening. Yeah. Yeah. Catherine, how can people contact you? Through Dharma Horse, what's the best way? I mean, it'll be on Horse Chats, horsechats.com. Yeah. You know, then go in and just search for Catherine with K-A-T-H-A-R-I-N-E and they'll get your chat or else even Schreiber, S-C-H-R-E-I-B-E-R. Um, but I think even if you go in and about understanding horses or something like that and do a search, I think you'll find you'll find these details. But tell us now, what's the best way for people to contact you? Probably the way to get all of our information, my information, mm -hmm. is from the website, which is dharmahorse.org, D-H-A-R-M-A-H-O-R-S-E.org. And dharma means to support. So mm -hmm. dharma horse means support horses. Yep. <laughs> yep. And if you did miss those details, go to Horse Chats and that link will be on the website as well. So, Catherine, again, thank you for coming and um, spending the time to talk to us about Dharma Horse and about, um, you know, understanding horses. And I know that you spend quite a lot of time um, <laughs> and, and um, with horses and so, you know, sure. you've developed a, 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 um, certainly a deep understanding of working with mm -hmm. them. So thank you for chatting and we look forward to chatting with you again next time. Thank you so much. Thanks, Catherine. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. 
If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.